Welcome to the Christ Community Worship Service. Our in-person church services begin every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. We are located at 1281 Sheridan Street in the city of Baldwin, Michigan. Now turn with me, please, to 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 35 and 36. While you're finding our scripture, let me say this. America desperately needs revival. And I know everybody saying amen. Mm. The city of Baldwin needs revival. Ah, preach pastor. Mm-hmm. Our school system needs revival. You got that right. The churches of Lake County need revival. Mm-hmm. Yes, pastor, all the churches need to catch on fire. Christ community and Sunday morning live need revival. Amen. Well, Maybe some of you and I need revive. Now, wait just a minute. You went too far. <laughs> We're all for revival out there. But when it comes this close to home, you're making me a little nervous. Revival implies that the thing needing revival, if I admit I need revival, then what I'm saying is I'm not really healthy. What you trying to say, pastor, that really spiritually, because of the kind of world that we live in, not just this world, the flesh and our enemy seeking to pull us back into spiritual lethargy that chokes the very life out of us. We need continual Revival, kind of like silver exposed to the elements. We get a little tarnished and dull spiritually. And that's why that we not only individually, but corporately as God's people are in constant need of revival. Now, let's turn to our scripture passage, passages 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 35 and 36. There were burnt offerings in abundance together with the fat of the fellowship offerings and the drink offerings that accompanied the burnt offerings. So the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. 36. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Mmm. Let us come into your presence with a thank offering. You are so good. We thank you for what you have done. We could name 
so much, all of the miracles that you have wrought. But most of all, we thank you for salvation through the sacrifice that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, and our identity and union with your son. And now we are saved and have escaped the curse of death and have received eternal life. Now, God, we pray for revival as we do every day. We're praying, oh God, for revival individually. (laughs) We're praying, God, that your spirit would blow up every word that has been prepared. We thank you. Breathe on us, Lord. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 35B. So the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. <laughs> 36, Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. I would like to use for a title this morning, Do You Really Want Revival? Do you really want revival? This world desperately needs spiritual revival. Mm. We daily are asking God to send revival on our prayer line daily. And again, revival implies that Something is not healthy. When you think about paramedics, they don't revive someone that's walking down the street in good health. Revival implies change. May I suggest, beloved, that we all, yes, we all are in need of daily revival. When we consider Titus 3 and 5 that says this new life we receive through the washing of the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, but like silver, as we said in our introductory comments, we get tarnished from the elements that we deal with every day. So, Revival. We can't plan a revival. Oh, you can put a a revival committee together, but you cannot plan and program true revival. Revival is a sovereign act of God. You can hang a sign outside and put on the front of the church that says revival this week, but that doesn't mean that is going to happen. From the first to the last work, it is a work of God. But at the same time, there are conditions that we as God's people have to meet so that when God does choose to move in a mighty way, his power will not be hindered. We can see three Important factors of spiritual renewal in the revival that happened in our text. Number one, first we see Hezekiah's 
commitment to the Lord. That's in verses 1 through 11. Second, we see the cleansing of the priest and the temple. That's in verses 12 through 24. And then we see the celebration in verses 25 through 36. Before we look at those three points, let's first understand what's going on in our story. Mm. The previous chapter shows us the dismal spiritual oh, situation in Judah under the wicked king Ahaz, who is Hezekiah's father. Ahaz, King Ahaz began by introducing idol worship alongside and with the worship of God. Ahaz ended by closing the doors of the temple, sacrificing to the gods of Damascus and establishing centers of idol worship in every Judean town. Oh my God. Because of Ahaz's apostasy, the Lord stirred up enemies against him from every side. The Philistines were invading from the west. The Edomites were taking territory to the east. But the most ominous threat was from the north where Ahaz had tried to buy the friendship of the Assyrians. The Assyrian army, oh, they were known as the most brutal and awesome power of all. If they overran Judah, Thousands upon thousands would be slaughtered. Families would be torn apart. People would be hauled into captivity as slaves. And the worship of God among his people would be a thing of the past. If you were Hezekiah, and now that King Ahaz has passed away, and this is what Hezekiah has inherited from his daddy. If you were taking leadership under a nation of a nation under those previous conditions, what would be your first priority? Considering the desperate historical setting the words of verse 3 take on a heightened significance. Let's read it. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he, and this is Hezekiah, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Then he calls the priests and Levites, and charges them to consecrate themselves first and the Lord's house second. Mm. The reverse of all these 
awful conditions introduced by his father, Hezekiah, had to consecrate themselves first. He shares with them, the priest, what's in his heart. Mm. Mainly, we got to make church leaders, we got to make a covenant with the Lord God. And then he repeats it in verse 11. Do not be negligent now. For the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and minister to him. Mm. Hezekiah's priority in the face of a national crisis was to call the nation and his leaders back to the proper commitment to God. Beloved, we can learn several things from this example. Number one, commitment to God is, the, is our first priority when we face a crisis. Now, our natural human response is to focus on the crisis. If you are a king facing a military threat, the thing to do is to strengthen your army. If you are facing as an individual a health crisis, the first thing you do is get medical attention. If you just lost your job, your first priority is to go out and find another job. If your marriage is in trouble, you are focusing on your marriage. If your teenager is rebellious, you are focusing in dealing with your teenager. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we should ignore these, these pressing problems. They do d demand our attention. We would be negligent not to, but I am arguing that Hezekiah's example shows us that our first priority should be to renew our commitment to the Lord. Only after we have done that are we free to seek his mind on how to deal with our current crisis. Often the very reason God sent that crisis is so that we could get our priorities back in line. Once we have done that, God often deals with the problem. Wow. In ways that we could not have even come up with on our own. So get your commitment in place with God and watch God work. The next thing that we learn about revival from Hezekiah's example number two Commitment to God brings hope into the darkness of situations. Hezekiah could have looked around and thought, you know what? Things are so dark. Mm. My father shut down the temple. Idolatry is rampant. Judah has lost a lot of territory to other nations. And we are under the threat of the Assyrians. Why even try? He could have grown depressed and paralyzed into doing nothing. But instead, Hezekiah committed 
himself to follow the Lord. He rallied the priest to reopen the temple for worship. He called the nation back to God. Beloved, we need revival. And if we as God's people will commit ourselves fully to God, there is hope. When God breaks into the church, even during these dark times, there will be light and no limit to what God is going to do. And this also applies to us personally. Perhaps right now you are in a hopeless, discouraging situation. You have given every ounce of your effort to try to deal with what you're going through, but nothing is changing. Beloved, your outlook should be as bright as the promises of God. See, beloved, commitment to God brings hope again in the darkest situation. And when God breaks through and he will do it quickly, there is hope. The main thing is we must renew our commitment to God. Number three, we learn from Hezekiah's example is that commitment to God always involves a radical commitment to his word. By radical commitment to God's word, I mean that commitment goes a lot of times against our tradition. Mm. A commitment to God's word can go against the current customs. A commitment to God's word can even go against the way that we were raised. If need be, a renewed commitment to God takes us back to complete obedience to what God's word is teaching us on how to live. Spiritual renewal is always centered around the authority of God's word. Again, we can only understand how radical this was mm, for Hezekiah when we put this in light of the spiritual climate that he grew up in. He's going against Everything that he knew. His father was abusive, self-centered. And he his father was so horrible that he burned his own children and sacrificed them to the idol god Molech. Hezekiah saw his brothers being murdered by their dad. And then Ahaz set up idol worship Throughout the entire nation, Hezekiah could have easily and justified been a rebellious, angry man, mad at God, mad at his daddy, just going around using an excuse of his upbringing. But Hezekiah, in spite of all of that, 
made a commitment to go against the evil ways of his father and to follow God's word even when it ran against the evil customs of the day. Radical commitment to God's word means that even though you had an angry, abusive, self-centered upbringing, you are responsible to confront your own anger, confront your own abusiveness, confront your own self-centeredness so that it does not continue into future generations. Even though your parents worship the gods of their own making, whether it was status, clout, or whether it was education or money or pleasure, you must decide that you will worship the living God in accordance with the truth of his word. Revival mm, always comes through renewed commitment to God and his word, which will reveal areas of our own life that we need to deal with that have been displeasing to God. Thus, the second element of spiritual renewal is cleansing. Mm. Spiritual cleansing comes through Cleansing in accordance with God's word. Note that revival or renewal always starts with the person, with the individual, and then moves outward to the church. Verse 5, Hezekiah told the priest, consecrate yourselves first and then consecrate, consecrate the house of the Lord. Many of these priests had fallen into unfaithfulness and idolatry. So they had to deal with their own sin before they could begin the process of cleansing the temple. The temple had so much crud in it. These priests, they had to, it took them 16 days to haul out all the idols and the other junk that had been placed in the temple. In Hezekiah's revival, as soon as the temple was cleansed, they gathered in the temple in worship. They offered three kinds of sacrifices. Oh, I'm loving this. We might be a little long-winded today, but most of us don't have nothing else to do. <laughs> sin worship was sin offering. The sin offering was the first sacrifice. The burnt offering was the second sacrifice. And the thank offering was the third sacrifice. And they typified a type of cleansing and consecration that we need in order to worship God. The sin offering pictured as substitution. God's holiness and justice demand that the penalty of our sins is dealt with. 
Hallelujah. Mm, I know I'm right. Hebrews 9 and 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The slaughter of these animals and the sprinkling of their blood on the altar pictured the perfect sacrifice for our sins that could only be accomplished by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And back in Hezekiah's day, the person that was being consecrated, the person that was being cleansed would lay their hand on the head of the animal while the priest slit the throat of the animal. And when you lay your hand on the animal, it identified yourself with the shedding of the blood on your behalf. Your sins with this identity were transferred to the animal which died in your place. Even so, there is no cleansing from sin unless you have by faith identified yourself with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Now the burnt offering, whoo, I got to calm down. Now the burnt offering is pictured as consecration. <laughs> it was offered up totally to the Lord, all of it. The worshiper could not eat any of it, which represents our total surrender and holiness that is demanded by God as he exchanged the righteousness of his son to us. We must receive all of that and the forgiveness of our sins in response to Jesus becoming our sin offering. Here we go, deacon, and give ourselves completely to him. Romans 12 and 1, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your acceptance sacrifice of worship, the thank offering, hallelujah. That was the burnt offering, the thank offering pictured devotion. These were voluntary offerings expressing love and gratitude for God's many blessings. The author of Hebrews refers to this when he writes, through Christ, then, let us continually <laughs> offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name <laughs> and do not neglect doing good and sharing for which such sacrifices please God. Beloved, we are to be overflowing 
with thanksgiving, the burnt offerings and the thank offerings. Woo! Get ready, get ready, get ready. Move us into the third area of revival. And that is celebration or corporate worship. But the point is, we cannot experience spiritual renewal whether individually or corporately, unless we appropriate God's cleansing through the blood of Christ, confessing our sins and committing to change. Oh my God. Spiritual renewal starts with commitment, continues with cleansing, but it culminates in celebration. So our final example and point of Hezekiah's spiritual revival expresses itself in celebration of corporate worship. <laughs> celebration results <laughs> from knowing that my sins have been washed away. When the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord also began with the trumpets, the cymbals, the harps, the lyres, and singing. <laughs> Celebration expresses the fact that these people were not mumbling half-hearted through religious service, <laughs> looking at their watch, wondering if they're going to miss a football game or wondering if they turn the greens off. Uh, no, the Bible says that they sang praises with joy. When you realize that God has moved in your heart to reveal Christ as the perfect sacrifice of all of your sins. How can you come to church and not express joy? Hallelujah. An outsider that comes to our church services should be identified, able to identify and see overflowing joy in our corporate worship because of what the Lord has done. He has washed away all of our sins. Verse 30, and in our worship, we should be reverent. We should be reverent. It's not a performance. <laughs> Hallelujah. We read verse 30. The Bible says they bowed down and worshiped. They had a sense of awe in the presence of God. By bowing down, they showed their submission and surrender to God. Hezekiah invited the consecrated people. Verse 31, come near, bring your sacrifices and thank offerings to the house of the Lord. This expression is also used in the book of Hebrews when it says, draw near 
through the blood of Christ as we assemble together. We do not gather on Sunday mornings to run through a performance or entertainment expression or program. We gather to meet with the Lord himself. So come near to him. So our worship celebration should be both joyful and reverend in his presence. I love verse 36. Hallelujah. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. Hallelujah. God prepared it. Remember, he is sovereign cause of revival. It was already prepared, but it happened so quickly because it was already done. God was just waiting and preparing us and the joyous response was spontaneity. When you think about it, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had been prepared from ages past and yet the Bible says, Suddenly, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host uh, praising God. In Acts, we read that suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And yet this was that which was spoken by the prophet Joel hundreds of years before prepared by God. Beloved, be encouraged today. Your blessing is already prepared and when it manifests itself, it will come suddenly. And God's people rejoiced not at Hezekiah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not at the church building and the doors that were now opened, but they rejoiced at God. Revival must begin in our heart. If you and I, if we want revival, it cannot come without commitment, complete commitment to the Lord. It cannot come without cleansing ourselves of all defilement of flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And we must join together in corporate celebration of God's amazing grace that will extend to all who draw near to him through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and when God's Spirit moves in a mighty way in our midst. We will rejoice over what he has done because it will come about so quickly. Beloved, God is going to move outside of our institutions, outside of our charismatic personalities 
outside of what we have done and what we have set up. Thus saith the Lord in Isaiah 16 and 22. The least of you will become a thousand. The smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord and in its time I will do this swiftly. Beloved God is raising up the smallest to become mighty. <laughs> For those who have walked through a time of wilderness and pruning year after year, I come to you to say you will be raised up to new levels of authority and he's going to do it quickly. Things are going to happen so swiftly uh, you will be filled with a new wine from God, a new harvest that is going to look different than previous times. Many will be tempted to reject what they see in you because it doesn't look like what we had before. Many will be tempted to, to reject What's going on in your churches because we have idolized crowds. God is looking for people who are willing to leave the 99 and go after the one. Mm. Beloved, I say to you today, we must close our eyes to the past. And look forward to the future because God is about to do a new thing in our midst. It will not be like former days, but you will recognize the moving of God's spirit for what it is. Open your eyes because it will happen quickly. God bless you. If you have not received Jesus Christ, Pray this prayer with me. I admit that I am a sinner. I've done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please call me at 231-349-1046 so we can discuss with you the first steps of salvation. God bless you, beloved. I love you.